Welcome to the Will and Aaron Show with William Kramer and my co-host Aaron Bontrager, where we discuss local high school sports in St. Joseph and Elkhart Counties, the NIC, and NLC. In today's episode, we will cover Indiana High School football, Northern Indiana Conference, East, West Division previews, and also Little High School. Thank you to one of our listeners for pointing out last week that we somehow missed the LaVille Lancers. Yes, LaVille is in St. Joseph County, Aaron. And we apologize to the LaVille community for our mistake. We will do a preview today of the Lancers. Speaking of LaVille, they are our first team. Head coach Will Hostrauser, overall record 70-31 in his 10th season, all at LaVille. He's a 1988 John Glenn graduate and a 1993 Bethel University grad. Go Pilots. Go Pilots. Go Blue. 2021 season recap. The Louisville Lancers went 9-3. Their best win was against Bremen in the sectional semifinal, 14-6. Their worst loss was in a regular season to Pioneer, 12-7. Now, some of you might be thinking, how is that their worst loss? Well, Pioneer last year was not what you think Pioneer has been recently. They're down. Offensive single game averages 18 points, 162 yards rushing, and 52 yards passing. Defensive single game average, 9 points surrendered. Key losses, this is a stunning stat for high school football. They lost no one. Well, they lost one person, but he didn't really. I think he averaged, I think he had like four tackles or something like that. So they're basically having no losses. Everybody's back. Uh, key returners, junior quarterback Lucas Plummer, 624 yards passing, seven touchdowns. Senior running back Paul DeWitt, 888 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Uh, senior wide receiver Owen Smith, 207 yards, four touchdowns. Senior tight end Ross Wagner, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Senior offensive line and defensive line, A.J. Benuck, who sits 3.25, so he's a good size. Senior linebacker, Noah Richard, 116 tackles, and defensive bats combined for eight interceptions. Key newcomers, they've got a mixture of nine sophomores and juniors and seniors that are looking to make an impact on both sides of the ball. Uh, what a nice problem to have for Coach Hostrauser to have everyone back plus newcomer. It's like, you know, I, I, how do I, I don't even know if we can get these guys in. I mean, what a, what a blessing that is. Let's look at the 2022 schedule. Week 1, Bremen Lions come to LaVille. Now, LaVille beat Bremen twice last year in close games. Uh, and that's tough to do uh, with a, a proud Bremen program. Uh, Bremen lost a handful of impact players from last year's squad. So I have, Bre- I have LaVille, rather, winning and maybe even by a wider margin than last year. Week 2, LaVille travels to the Triton Trojans. Now, last year's game went into overtime, which I think surprised a lot of people, considering that the Trojans were 4-7. and seven. Not really a tough team. Um, I don't think LaVille overlooks them this year, and I got LaVille winning big. Week 3 at Pioneer Panthers. LaVille has lost to Pioneer a lot over the years, especially in key playoff games. 
uh, oftentimes getting blown out. So last year's win in the regular season and the beatdown in the sectional championship was, you got to believe it, very sweet indeed for the Lancer faithful fans. Pioneer returns eight starters from a 9-3 team. I'm not sure what newcomers Pioneer will usher in. <clears throat> I like LaVille winning their third straight against their arch rivals. Maybe perhaps a close game. Week four, the Windmat Warriors. Uh, the Lancers go on the road here. Windmat has a proud football history. You think of Windmat, you think of Coach Roth, who passed away in a tragic car accident uh, a while back. Uh, they've got um, uh, a lot of winning tradition at Winnemac. Uh, last year, they went 8-1 and one before losing badly to North Judson in the sectional semifinal. Uh, Winnemac loses 18 starters from last year's team, so, you know, that's a lot to um, for the newcomers. Uh, this will be a rebuilding year, obviously, and I have Lavelle winning this game. Week 5, casting comments. LaBelle won 49-14 last year. I expect a similar score, if not worse, this year. Week 6 at Knott's Redskins. Now, LaBelle barely squeaked by Knott's 7-6 last year. Coach Radke has won 379 games in 46 years coaching. He is a former state champion from his time at Griffith High School as the head coach there. Uh, he turned around New Prairie football, uh, you know, at one time, New Prairie was not very good. It was hard to believe because now they're really good. But, you know, uh, he was the catalyst for that turnaround uh, and made Cougar football relevant again. He's looking to do the same thing at Knox. The Redskins run an option offense, so a lot of running. Knox returns several key players on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, the quarterback returns, so that's key. I expect Knox to be a competitive, tough team. This will be a tough game for Bell. And unfortunately for the Lancers, I have not defending their home turf and handing LaVille their first loss of the season in what could be a back-and-forth game. Now, Week 7, John Glenn. Last year, LaVille beat John Glenn 14-7. Uh, consider this, Aaron. In the last 10 years, LaVille is 6-4 against the Falcons. Compare that to the previous decade, and LaVille went 1-9 against John Glenn. Times have changed in this series with former Northern State Conference foes. John Glenn has question marks on offense, in particular the quarterback. The defense will be the strength for the Falcons. The line of scrimmage looks to be an even match between the two teams, but LaVille has more experience all around. John Glenn's defense will keep this game close, but I don't believe that their offense has what it takes to win this game. So I have LaVille beating John Glenn at home and bouncing back nicely from their defeat last week against Knott's Redskins. Week 8, we have North Justin San Pierre. Last season, North Justin went 9-4, losing to good quality teams. Uh, the Blue Jays bring back 13 starters, including their starter quarterback, Aldrich Harper, who threw for almost 1,000 yards and had 500 yards rushing. That's pretty good. Also returning is their running back workhorse, who has amassed an impressive 2,687 yards in his career. They also have an all-state offensive line and defensive lineman in Logan Radke. LaVille will be up for this game. It's at home. It's a pivotal Hoosier North Conference game. This will be the third straight really tough game for LaVille. And you just got to wonder, you know, how beat up will LaVille be and mentally fatigued will it be at this point? 
North Justin will be coming off an easy win against Triton. That's basically a bye week for the Blue Jays. Starters will be fresh and rested. Although Louisville is the Morrisberry team, I'm going with the Class 1A North Justin Blue Jays to upset what will likely be a ranked 2A squad on their home turf and a huge conference game. This is back-to-back -back losses for Laville. Yeah, I'm sorry, Laville, but it's going to happen. Week 9 at Culver. Culver went 4-6 last year and fell to Laville 19-6. I think Laville will rest some of their star players this game, or at least manage their playing time. This should be an easy win for the Lancers. The second unit should be in by the third quarter, and I think Laville takes out their anger in the last two weeks out on Culver Cavaliers and just plays dominating football, especially in that first half. So let's look at the big picture here. Laville has five tough games on their schedule. You look at Bremen, Pioneer, Knotts, John Glenn, North Judson. Winning three of those five would be ideal and realistic. I have Laville winning nine to ten games, depending on the sectional draw. You know, it's just too bad that Andran is still in 2A and will most likely beat Laville in, in the... Um, actually, they're in the sectional, I should say. Um, Laville football has come a long way since their uh, Northern State Conference days. Uh, they have a lot to be proud of. It's a good time to be a Laville Lancer football fan. Uh, I remember playing at Laville as a former Jimtown player myself, and Laville always has had a, a passionate fan base, a love for the sport, uh, even if they weren't very good back in the day. So it's no surprise they are consistently winning now. All right, time for some buy or sell. The longest coaching career in LaVille's history is Kevin McCoola. 1992 to 2005, which is 13 years. He went 66 and 85. Coach Hostrauser is in his 10th year and by far the winningest coach in LaVille history. If you look at the winning percentage, he has more wins, 70, than anyone else. Given the conference they play in, being in Class 2A, the community support, and the success in the past decade. Will, are you buy, buying or selling that coach? Hausrauser will be the head coach at LaVille for another five years, have 105 wins, and win a regional championship game. <laughs> wow, thanks thanks for going easy on me there, Aaron. Uh, let me start off by saying this. What an incredible job Coach Hausrauser has done at LaVille. He deserves all the credit for the success they are having. I can't confirm this, but I'm almost positive that there's got there's hadn't been a bigger school taking a run at him over the past few years. Uh, I mean, the guy is a winner, but here we stand 10 years into this thing and he's still a Lancer. Sometimes the grass is not always greener on the other side. Uh, Laville is a wonderful school and a small community that just adores him. He is the athletic director there, uh, so has a great position. Uh, Laville is in the Hoosier North Conference where you can pretty much count on at least three to four wins every year. Uh, LaVille is sort of in the middle, lower part of 2A, so he doesn't have to worry about class realignment. You know, he hasn't made, and, you know, life is good right now. You know, as I think about a few drawbacks of coaching at LaVille, um, there's only so far you can go with being a really well-oiled machine. Uh, what, am I, what I mean by that is, you know, having a good system in place with the feeder system they have, a community support, administration support, 
solid coaching staff in place, disciplined, disciplined tough players, you know, can take you only so far. And Laville under coach House Rouser has won two sectionals but got blown out in the regionals. Pioneer and Andran. The difference was talent, it was speed. Pioneer had it, Andran has it now. And at some point you have to have athleticism and you have to have speed. The inability to win beyond a sectional might be the one thing that drives him away from Laville or if a bigger school with a winning tradition makes it a hard push at him with an offer almost too good to be true, uh, and it makes sense for his family to make that move, then, you know, I, I can see that as a possibility. But I think he has unfinished business to do at Laville, so I see him staying in the, in the short term. So I'm going to buy that he will become the longest tenure coach at Laville. He only needs four more seasons to accomplish that. However, I'm going to sell that he will have more than 105 games within five years One, uh, He would need to average seven and a half wins a season in the next five years in order to achieve that goal. And after this year, he will have lost all his starters, literally 22 of them. It will, make, it will take him at least one year or two to get things going again. Uh, so I'm going to sell that he will win a regional within five years as well. Uh, Lavelle football is good for this general area in Class 2A, but there's still a considerable, considerable gap between the elite 2A schools like uh, Andran, a Lafayette Central Catholic, those kind of types of schools. Andran is in the same sectional as Lavelle this year, um, and hopefully Lavelle is on the opposite side of the bracket and we get a sectional championship game between Lavelle and Andran. Uh, that game will be interesting to see if Laville can close the gap a little bit from a 35-8 loss, loss last season. Yeah, it looks like a team that has a lot of potential on paper. and Yeah, we'll see if they can put it together during the postseason. Should be fun. We'll see. Laville lands for football, folks. Up next, we have the South Bend St. Joseph Indians head coach, Ben Downey. Overall record is 52-26, and 26, all at St. Joe. He's a 1996 St. Joe grad and a 2000 Indiana grad. 2021 season recap, the Indians went 4-8. and eight. Their best win was in the sectional against Logan Sport, 15-14. A Logan Sport team that beat Northwood in the regular season. Their worst loss, South Bend Adams, 21-7. Offensive single game averages, 11 points, 110 rushing yards, 96 passing yards. Defensive single game averages, 16 points given up, 190 yards rushing, and 57 yards passing. Key losses includes four defensive linemen, two offensive linemen, and two defensive backs. Key returners on offense, quarterback, he's a junior, Alex Ortiz, 830 yards passing, 592 yards rushing, and a total of six touchdowns. Wide receiver, senior, Kyle Fortner, 358 yards receiving. Offensive lineman, he's a senior, Holden Lodeman, 6'4", 265. Defensively, defensive line, senior Jack Aronowski, he sits 5 to 15, 54 tackles recorded, 
7-4 loss. Linebacker, senior, Austin Fuda, 134 tackles. Key, newcomer, All-State, All-Conference, and All-Area, defensive back, senior, Daya McCullough, Cincinnati, commitment. Team strategy on offense, they run multiple formations on defense, they run a 3-3-5. Let's take a look at the 2022 schedule, week one. They start off playing at Lakeland, a team that went 3-7. St. Joe will open the season opener, um, last year winning uh, 27-0. Lakeland plays in the week in ECC conference. The Lakers' strength will be their skilled players. However, they need to replace seven starters on defense and replenish the offensive line. The Ben Downey era starts off with a relatively easy win. Week 2 at Mishawaka, who went 8-3. This will be St. Joe's first real test of the season. I like that St. Joe replaced Northridge on their schedule for this pivotal non-conference game. This is an upgrade and will help St. Joe prepare for the tournament in November. Mishawaka arguably has one of the best offensive lines in the NLC. They came in, reloaded quarterback with Brady Fisher. The running back unit is strong. Defensively, the line is solid along with the linebacking crew. The question mark is going to be the secondary. St. Joe has to match the physicality of Mishawaka, especially in the trenches. St. Joe will probably need to have extra defenders in the box to help stop the run and must eliminate the big runs. St. Joe must make Mishawaka earn everything they get, a bend but don't break mentality. And once they get in the red zone, buckle down, field goals, not touchdowns. Offensively, the Indians need to try to establish a running game and keep Mishawaka's defense honest with the, uh, the pass. St. Joe probably is not going to beat Mishawaka by running the football, so they will need to test the secondary. And I think this is where I believe St. Joe will have their most success is through the air. I look for Fortner and Spark to potentially have solid games. The offensive line has to sustain blocks for the quarterback to get his passes off. Coach Downey is 2-2 two two all-time versus Mishawaka. I think Mishawaka's offensive line will ultimately be the difference in this game. A lot depends on St. Joe's offense and the ability to keep pace with the Mishawaka offense. Mishawaka will pull away towards the end of the game and probably win by perhaps a score or even two. Week three at John Glenn, who went five and five. We've already discussed John Glenn in their preview. St. Joe will bounce back from the Mishawaka loss and take their frustration out on the Falcons. And I got St. Joe with the win. Week four, Adams who went 4-7 last year. We already spoke, we already broke this game down in the St. South Bend Adams preview. I think these two programs are positioned to improve this season. Could we be witnessing a budding rivalry forming in South Bend? You got Downey, Karshewski, uh, Jeremiah Love, Dea McCullough. Both teams will likely be 2-1 and looking to notch their third win of the season. Some key matchups to look for in this game. Adams wide receivers with the St. Joe's uh, DBs. Uh, can both defensive lines contain uh, running back Love and quarterback Ortiz? 
St. Joe need to keep their focus 100% on the Eagles and not look ahead to the Prairie. I don't think Coach Downey and the St. Joe leaders will allow that to happen because Adams should demand their attention. I anticipate a close game that could be decided in the fourth quarter late. Week 5, St. Joe goes on the road to New Prairie, who last year went to the semi-state and won 11 games to 3 losses. This will be the fourth road game in 5 games for St. Joe. You gotta wonder if that's gonna play a role, the fatigue factor, uh, having to travel all that time. Granted, none of the away games are really that far away, uh, but it's still four times. The team will have to leave early from school to travel. Uh, you know, all the things that you have to do, I'm saying that you don't have to do when you play at home. I think that will be a mental thing more than a physical thing. Can St. Joe be mentally tough for this NIC showdown against a physical team? Uh, we will break down New Prairie during their preview later. I think that Adams game will take more out of the St. Joe uh, squad than maybe St. Joe expected or wanted, wanted energy-wise. So recovery is important both physically and mentally during this week of preparation for New Prairie. St. Joe is entering their second half of the season, which is a tough sledding for them. St. Joe's defensive line will have to play solid football for four quarters. Last year, the defense gave up nearly 200 rushing yards per game. One of the reasons why New Prairie beat St. Joe last year, 35-0. New Prairie's Commissant uh, and Bungia both need to be contained in order for St. Joe to have success to win. If that means sending an extra defender or two in the box, then, you know, maybe that's what St. Joe needs to do. St. Joe's secondary is good enough to leave them on an island by themselves and play one-on-one defense on the perimeter. Obviously, you can't let anything over the top. St. Joe needs to stop the run, that's Nupuri's run, keep the ball in front of you, and gain tackle. Limit yards after the catch. Offensively, a lot depends on the offensive line. Can St. Joe's balance keep New Prairie's defense guessing? Can they sustain blocks to pass protect? New Prairie won't be as good as last year, and St. Joe will be improved, so I do anticipate a closer game. I like St. Joe closing the gap, especially in the physicality department. I don't think, I don't know if we see a 35-point swing from last year, but I do believe this game will be more competitive this time around. Week 6, Elkhart. 5 and 5 last year. Both schools have enrollments over 3,300. St. Joe's enrollment is 800. Uh, I'm sorry, not both schools have enrollment. Uh, Elkhart's enrollment is over 3,300. St. Joe's enrollment is 800. Uh, tough to compete against that. Uh, Elkhart won 37 assists last year. Elkhart returns much of their offense, uh, more replacements on defense. I think St. Joe can close the gap a little this year, but I have the Lions winning this game. Week 7, Penn Kingsman. What a stretch for this team. Uh, the, the previous couple of games or the games uh, coming up? All of them. It's a tough, tough schedule here. Yeah, the NIC. Welcome to the NIC. Last year... 
Penn beat St. Joe 34-3, keeping morale and energy up, getting players to stay together and having a total buy-in during the difficult stretch is important. The Keysmen will win this game. Week 8, Bennett Academy from Illinois. Last year went 3-8. Now, Bennett Academy has been to three state championship games in the past decade, uh, so they've had quite a lot of success. They have several players getting college offers, including their tight end, who was committed to the University of Minnesota. Luckily, this is a home game for St. Joe. I couldn't find much research on Bennett Academy football, but I like so I like scheduling this out-of-state, tradition-rich school from Illinois. Week 9, St. Joe plays at Mishawaka Marion, who is 10-4. The Holy War will have a lot of anticipation which, uh, with Coach Downey back and an improved Indians team. You know, I'll get into Marion later in their preview. Marion lost a lot of offensive production last year. Quarterback is back. Offensive line, defensive line are pretty strong. Uh, playing Mary in week nine is way different than week one in that the Knights will work out the Kinks offensively by week nine. Uh, Marion has the upper hand in quarterback play with the more proven passer. St. Joe will have more success passing than the ball. Uh, I'm sorry, will have more success passing the ball than running. Last year, St. Joe played Marion tough, losing 16 to 6. I anticipate a close game this time around, a tough battle. Uh, Marion makes enough plays, however, through the air to squeak past their arch rival, St. Joe Indians. It's time for the big picture. I like this new hire, Coach Downey. He's a proven winner, having led St. Joe to back-to-back state final appearances in 2010 and 2011. His mission is to protect the St. Joe football brand, restore the glory days by creating a great culture based on authentic relationships and strong leadership. St. Joe's strength is their quarterback, offensive line, and secondary. The secondary is a veteran group with experience. Need to improve the rush defense this year if they want to take the next step forward. Uh, need to get off the field if they're down and win the field position battle and capitalize on scoring opportunities. So St. Joe leads the Holy War, 30-24 to 24 overall. Marion has won the last three games. Coach Downey talks about protecting the brand. There aren't too many rivalries that can match St. Joe and Marion when both teams are good. So will buy or sell St. Joe will beat Marion this season in the Holy War? So Marion is on a seven-year run that is as impressive as anyone in the state of Indiana. Five semi-state appearances and two regional appearances. When Coach Davidson says that he thinks his Knights will be dangerous this year, that should make his opponents have nightmares. Now, for St. Joe, there's a sense of real momentum. The culture is different than last year. There's excitement around the program. This Holy War game will have an edge to it that hasn't been there in recent years. However, I'm going to sell. Marion's linemen will control the line of scrimmage when it has to. I think Marion's skilled player by week nine will have grown and developed uh, with more confidence. Marion's quarterback play is pretty good. 
St. Joe will improve and be better than last year, but not enough to beat Marion. I do think St. Joe can make some noise in Sectional 18, but that's a conversation for a different time. That wraps it up for the St. Joe football preview. Up next, South Bend Adams Eagles head coach Frank Karczewski. Overall record is 0-0, zero and zero, his first head coach experience. He is a 2013 Adams alum, spent three seasons while at IUSB as an assistant at Adams, and recently spent time as an assistant at Indianapolis Cathedral. In 2021, the Eagles went 4-7. and seven. Their best win was against St. Joe, 21-7. Their worst loss, Jimtown, 55-27. Offensive single game averages... 13 points, 263 yards rushing, 58 yards passing. Defensive single game averages, 25 points a game surrendered. Key losses, defensive back, Demarion Jones, who's now attending Marion University. Also joining him at Marion is uh, linebacker running back Dimitri Jones. They also lost all NIC, a three-year starter, guard, junior, Auden Jones, who is transferring to Penn. Key returners on offense, all NIC running back, senior, Jeremiah Love, 1,025 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, he's a tough runner, hard to take down. All NIC tight end, senior, Solomon Parker, 6'3", 235, uh, good size. Defense, they return linebacker to your starter, Jeremiah Love. Key newcomers, they have a large sophomore class that's heavy in the lineman department with good size. Team strategy, offensive system, they run a traditional spread. Last year, Adams was run heavy. This year, you will see more balance. Defensive system, they run a 4 to 5 which is the same as they did last year. Let's look at the 2022 schedule. Week 1, Adams plays at Northridge. The Eagles open up with a Class 5A state runner-up in Northridge, so that will be a tough challenge. What a year Coach Ebley had in this first season for the Raiders. As we mentioned in the last episode, the Raiders will need to replace lost production. Can Adams bottle up Allstate and All-NLC quarterback tag dot? Adams has a veteran secondary, so looking forward to seeing how effective wide receiver Jethro Hostetler can be. Uh, of course, last year he had 700 yards receiving. The line of scrimmage battle should be interesting. Losing Auden Jones definitely hurts. Jones is an all-conference caliber player that was a two-way guy. Both teams have large bodies, so whoever can win that tug-of-war in the trench will likely have the edge in this game. According to Coach Karczewski Jr., Torrent Day is the leading candidate to win the quarterback job. However, sophomore Phoenix Clark is getting better each day and is challenging TD on a daily basis. Neither have extensive varsity experience. The biggest question for Adams' offense will be pass protection. 
Can a line give the quarterback enough time to make reads and go through progressions? I like the Eagles athlete in the space. I do think chemistry will take time to develop between the quarterback and receiver receiving uh, staff core. Torrent targeted Amari Weston a lot when I uh, watched the Jamboree at, at Plymouth. There were quite a bit of uh, drop balls. Um, he would have had a, a bigger night. Uh, Torrin would have if it wasn't for that. Adams is loaded with athleticism and their skill position. Typically, we see sloppy football in the first few games of the season, so both defenses will need to step up. I don't see either team blowing out the other. Northridge has power. Adams has speed. So it will be interesting to see which dynamic has a bigger impact. Week 2. Fairfield, uh, who went 4-6 and six last year. Fairfield won the NECC Big Division and played Adams tough, losing only 29-16. to 16. The Falcons returned several key contributors, including their dual-threat quarterback, Carter Kitson. They have experience in the backfield. Uh, defensively, they have almost everyone back. On paper, Adams has a superior athlete, but I wouldn't count out Fairfield just yet. It's a veteran team facing the Adams team who will be in transition. Make no mistake, this is a bigger game for Fairfield than it is for Adams. Adams players are not circling Fairfield on the calendar. Motivation is important for in competition. It's why we love March Madness. The little guy beating the big guy. And Adams has to be very careful to not take the Falcons lightly because this is not your typical Fairfield football team. You know, I think this is an intriguing non-conference game. I think Fairville can keep it close. However, I'm going to give the edge to Adams. I just think they got too much speed and athleticism for Fairville uh, uh, de- defense. Uh, Adams will win this game, but they obviously will have to earn it. It won't be given to them. Week three, the Adams-Eagles go on the road to face uh uh, city game, uh, I'm sorry, will face Riley in a city game. Uh, last year, Adams beat Riley 39-6. to The gap between these programs still exists. Uh, by now, the Adams Eagles will have had two games under, under the belt to get their offense up to speed and kind of work through some of the issues. I have Adams beating Riley. It might be a little bit closer than last year. But the Eagles will win this game. Week 4 at St. Joe. We will talk about St. Joe football in depth later in their preview. I, I will say there's, you know, there's excitement in both of these programs with their new head coaches. Uh, there's a sense of optimism for their future. It will be interesting to see how these ball clubs have improved from Game 1 to Game 4. Last year, Adams did beat St. Joe 21-7. This year, Adams plays at St. Joe. I think St. Joe has the upper hand at quarterback and wide receivers. Adams has the advantage at running back. The question for me is, who can win the line of scrimmage? 
Uh, that will be a fun battle to watch. Keys to this game. Can St. Joe stop Jeremiah Love? Can the Adams receiver get open against a veteran second, secondary? And can Adams contain the quarterback? This could be a trap game for St. Joe. The following week, they do play New Prairie. So can they keep the focus on Adams? I anticipate a close game that could be decided late. Week 5, Mishawaka Marion. The back end of the schedule is brutal, starting with the Mishawaka Marion Knights. You know, of course, we will look at Marion later in detail in their preview. The Knights won 35-3 last year and should be tough again this year. Now, there are some question marks in the running back and wide receiver uh, positions. The offensive line is big. Marion's defense is their strength, especially up front. Uh, Marion should be able to contain uh, Jeremiah Love and keep him in check and force Adams to beat the Knights through the air. There's potential there for Adams' passing attack. Um, I think they're getting better in the passing game. Whether they can produce enough offense at this point in the season is yet to be determined. Passing when you're playing complementary football is way different than passing because you have to, and Adams will need to avoid the latter if they want to be successful. I'm not entirely convinced that Touring can win games with his arm just yet. Uh, although I like him, I think he's getting better. I think Adams will have to keep it close for a while. Um, I'm sorry, I think Adams will keep it close for a while, but I have the Knights pulling away late. Week 6 at New Prairie, who went 11-3 last year. New Prairie style of play is tough because they just weird, wear teams down. It's a smash-mouth football for four-quarter style. Um, I am surprised that New Prairie only won 9-0 last year. Uh, New Prairie needs to replace Key Lyman from last year's semi-state team. Uh, Cougar fans are excited that their star quarterback and running back are both back. The question is going to be the line of scrimmage. Can they open enough holes for the running backs? If I'm Adams, I am loading the bats, stopping the run, and relying on the veteran secondary to win those one-on-one battles on the perimeter. New Prairie will have the veteran quarterback. Uh, Magia and Love will duel it out in a showdown of power and strength running uh, running backs. If Adams can keep New Prairie guessing and off balance uh, defensively, uh, I'm sorry, if Adams' offense can keep New Prairie's defense guessing and off balance, I think Adams then will have a chance. This could be another close game. To me, the biggest question mark will be Adams' offense. You know, how much can they improve? And I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction in this preview. I'll hold my prediction for the New Prairie preview. Week 7 at Elkhart. The Lions went 5-5 five and five last year. Uh, last year, Adams lost to the Lions 35-13. to 13. You know, Elkhart does have some key skill players returning, as well as on the offensive line. The defensive line has some new pieces. Uh, linebacker group is probably their strength. Adams needs to convert on third downs to continue drives, and they should, be, uh, they should test the inexperienced defensive line. 
I imagine Elkhart to focus on Jeremiah Love, like most teams will this season. The same question, can Adams throw the ball successfully? On paper, Elkhart should win this game, and I think they probably do. Although it wouldn't surprise me if Adams puts a good fight and narrows the gap with Elkhart. Week 8, the Jimmies come to South and Adams. Jimtown went 9-3 last year. As we mentioned in last week's podcast, by the way, if you didn't listen to episode 2, go back and listen to the NIC previews for the North-South Division. Uh, we briefly talked about Jimtown. The big question for the Jimmies is, can the new guys produce and perform at a high level? More questions on the offense and defense. Adams has to limit Jimtown's rushing attack and start fast. Playing Jimtown with the lead is way easier than playing from behind. You have to get Jimtown out of their game plan and force them to pass. Although I've heard, and you told me, Aaron, last week that you heard that Jimtown's passing game looks a little promising. Yeah, I, I heard that from, you know, some family relations there. <laughs> hint, hint. So, uh, two things I'm looking for in this game. Can Adams shut down Jimtown's running game? Can Jimtown tackle in space and limit the big play capability? Adams has explosive guys. Uh, I can see this being a low-scoring close game. Might possibly go down to the fourth quarter. And in any close game, the margin for error is smaller. The mental gaps, turnover, penalties, self-inflicted wounds need to be avoided. I think the team that doesn't beat themselves and makes the other team earn everything probably wins this game. Week 9, Penn, who went 6-6 last year. The good news is that it is a home game for Adams. The bad news is that it has been 37 years since Adams beat Penn. That's 1985 when Adams won 17-14. Former coach, former Adams coach, is now on Penn's staff, and his son, Auden Jones, will compete against the Eagles and his former teammates. That will probably be the biggest storyline. Penn will beat Adams as the Kingsmen get ready for sectional two. Time for the big picture. Coach Karczewski has experience at Indianapolis Cathedral the past few years, so he knows a thing or two about winning and success. This is a great opportunity for him and his players. Adams is the biggest school in South Bend Corporation, and with numbers comes competition, and that's a good thing. If Coach can get players to believe in him and the program, then watch out because in a few years, Adams could potentially become the best football program in the South Bend School Corporation and start competing with the likes of perhaps, might I say, Penn and Elkhart. Coach Karczewski knows that coaching in the NIC will be challenging, but he is excited to get going. He believes in his players, and he has a compelling vision for Adams football. I think the ceiling is six or seven wins this year, Realistically, probably closer to five wins. All right, time for some buy or sell. Last year, all NIC running back Jeremiah Love rushed for 1,025 yards. Adams won't have the service of three-year starter all NIC guard Auden Jones to lead the line. 
Will, are you buy or selling Jeremiah Rush for more than that number this season? If you take a look into the new offense under Karczewski, he wants to be more balanced this year, which means less carries for Love. Obviously, losing Auden Jones is a big loss. Now, that doesn't mean less touches for Love, as I'm sure with a weapon like him, you want him to have the ball in his hands, just maybe in different ways than handing the ball off. Teams will focus on stopping the run, especially with Adams having an unproven quarterback. I'm not sure if Adams has the offensive line depth and strength to dominate teams, especially against most of the teams on that schedule. There's a few teams that you can line up and say, okay, you want to load the box? We're still going to run a ball because we're just better than you. Jeremiah should get close to 1,000 yards, but I don't think he will eclipse last year's rushing total. New system, less touches, losing your best lineman, unproven quarterback. I'm going to sell. This concludes the South Bend Adams football preview. Thank you for listening to episode three, part one. Please check out episode three, part two, where we will finish previewing the NIC East West Division, including Mishawaka Marion, New Prairie, Elkhart, and Penn.